One of the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it a lot of importance in Quran is the stories that are mentioned in Quran. And therefore we see a lot of surahs are named based on the story that is in that surah. Could be the story of some prophet. So it will be surah Hud, surah Yusuf, surah Isra, or surah Ibrahim, surah Muhammad. And it could be the story, some other story that is mentioned in that surah. For example, Kaha, Baqara, Surah Namil, Al-Kabul. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it a lot of importance. And this is one of the things that any person would enjoy studying. Any person would enjoy reading. What is it that we give children when we look for books for children? What type of books we look for them? Stories. But amazingly, with all of that interest that we have in stories and our children have in these stories, still when it comes to the stories of the Qur'an, most of us are unaware of them. And then we don't even know what the story is mentioned for. If you ask someone why the surah, Surah Al-Baqarah is named after Al-Baqarah, they'll say because the name Baqarah is the room, is there, there is a mention of Baqarah in that surah. And of course, someone comes from, or someone is of a Hindu background or something like this, or even Jewish background. Oh, you know, even you people have so much importance for a cow. No, it's not because of that. The story is mentioned and there is something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned very special about this story in this surah. Therefore, the whole surah was named after that story of a cow. So it's not a cow, it's the story of the cow. Inshallah, we will try to go through some of these stories of Quran very briefly, just this time is very short. And some of these stories really the need days or maybe even longer than that to discuss them in detail. And if you go into the detail of the wordings of Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have chosen to reveal that story and that incident, you can spend your life on this topic, learning just the stories of Quran in the light of the wordings that are used for them in Quran. I will just highlight some things from these stories. As I said, maybe we'll just take one every day, very quickly overview of it so that we can get some lessons and see the type of lessons that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us through these stories of Quran and hopefully Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will open more avenues for us to study them in more detail and get the benefit for which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned these stories in Quran and of course as a start what could be more important than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will always mention as a start of the creation and the start of human beings, the start of this world, and that is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created this world, and then He created Sayyidina Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. 
And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informing us about that story says, وَإِذْ قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a lot of things in this world, in this universe. But He wasn't informing malaika about everything that He's creating, but it came to human being. He told them I'm creating something. Told them the importance of this creature in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Of course, all scholars, all people agree that the most important creature in this universe is our human being. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَلَقَدْ كَرَّمْنَا بَنِي آدَمْ We have given honor to human beings. So it's above all other creatures. And then when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed malaika about it, He told them, Khalifa. I want you to highlight this word in your mind, Khalifa. That I'm creating, but I'm not just creating a creature. It's not inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalqa. A creature. But khalifa. I'm creating khalifa. What is khalifa? A deputy. What does that mean? Generally, we would use a deputy when you are absent, you are not there, and you will assign someone to be in your place. Or a person leaves and then someone else takes his place. That's Khalifa. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is always there. Still he said, Inni ja'ilun fil ardi Khalifa. I want to create Khalifa. Now remember, we are Khalifa. What does that mean? What did we understand? We have been reading it for all of these years that we are Khalifa. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created a Khalifa. What does Khalifa mean? Like, how would I take it for myself? How would each and every individual would benefit from this word that Allah is telling Malaika before even creating us, before creating Adam Khalifa. It was very important for Allah to inform them that this will be the Khalifa. But unfortunately, the Khalifa doesn't know who is he, who he is. And even after reading Khalifa, we don't even know what Khalifa is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created human beings in this world so that these human beings will treat others, deal with things, with situations the way if Allah was there, this is how Allah wants it to be. Which means if Allah was going to take care of that situation himself, Allah was going to do it in certain way. What is that way? This is the way Allah wants you to do it. For example, you see a person who is stuck in some difficult situation. What does Allah want for this person? Allah wants this person to be out of that difficulty. So what does Allah want from you now? To help this person get out of this difficulty. Someone is hungry. What does Allah want? Allah wants this person to be fat. So what does Allah want from me? He wants from us that we feed this person. Someone is thirsty. What does Allah want? Allah wants this person to get the drink. So what is it expected from us? We provide him with that drink. 
you can understand now what Khalifa means. There is a well-known saying, some people read it as a hadith, it's not a hadith. Adopt the akhlaq of Allah. Although some people have some questions about the statement. But the thing is, if we look at the word Khalifa, really this is what it's leading us to. That treat people the way they should be treated. With kindness, with love. We say Allah loves His creature. So then deal with them according to that love. You are the Khalifa. A person who always, his dua is, Ya Allah, destroy this person or that person and this nation and that nation. This is not being Khalifa. We are forgetting our status and our position. You think about what Allah wants for this person, what Allah wants in this situation, and go accordingly. And this, this is how we will see that the akhlaq that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam have taught us the manners, the way of dealing with each other, the way of treating each other. This is what Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam have taught us. That this is what Allah wants and this is what is expected. See people will say, why Allah is not doing it for him? Allah says, I have sent you as a Khalifa. If there is something you can do, do it for him. Why don't you do it for him? See the kuffar had objected. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned in Surah Yaseen, They forgot that we are Khalifa. Their objection was, why should we feed someone that Allah is not feeding them? What is zakah in Islam? It's being Khalifa. In Allah huwa razzaq but Allah gave you the rest so that you take care of the poor people. To certain portion, He made it obligatory. You must do it. Rest of the portion, He's trying you with it. How much would He do with it? And this is why. It's very, very important. When we are dealing with people, keep the first level in mind. The first level in your mind. And that is, deal with him the way he would like people to deal with him. Okay. Deal with this person the way he would like people to deal with him. He likes people to take care of him, he likes people to help him, whatever. Fulfill his expectation as much as you can. You want to go to the higher level. Deal with this person the way you want people to treat you in that type of situation. Deal with this person the way you want people to treat you in that type of situation if you were in this position. If put yourself in his shoes and see what would you expect from people and treat that person the way you would like to be treated in that situation. Of course, this is a study that people do even in universities and everything on the how to deal with people and when you take those type of courses they will teach you and this is the highest level any uh, course will take you to that deal with people as Rasulullah have already mentioned in the hadith that deal with your brothers as you would like to be treated 
But Islam teaches us a third level, higher than all of these, higher than both of these levels. And that is, what is that level? Deal with him, treat this person the way you want Allah to treat him, to treat you. On the day of Qiyamah, when you are standing before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how would you want Allah to treat you? You came with a lot of sins, a lot of wrongdoing, so much wrong. How would you want Allah to deal with you in that type of situation? You see Jannah and Jahannam in front of you. On one side is Jahannam, on the other side is Jannah. How would you want Allah to treat you in that type of situation? Deal with this person that way. And Allah will treat you this way. And this is Khalifa. The word Khalifa is also telling us that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was creating human beings, he informed the malaika before creating human beings that there is a purpose for creating this creature. You think we have created you useless in vain for no reason, without any purpose? Telling us, Khalifa, no, no, we created you for a purpose. And this also, see, I, I told you, the word Khalifa, we have to highlight it, has a lot and a lot of lessons for us. The word Khalifa is also telling us that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as He created us for a purpose and now we just keep on a lot of people in today's time their discussion and the highest level of discussion they would discuss about human beings is how human beings were created. How were they created? However they were created. You need to know why were they created. That's more important to know why were they created than to know how they were created. And then they go into the theory of evolution and all of that. Of course Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dealt with that also very briefly in Quran al-Kareem when he tells us I'll be creating a human being. From what? From mud. Telling us the origin. Not from a monkey, from a mud. So from mud, not from mud, very clear. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it very, makes it very clear in Surah Al-Iran, The example of Isa alayhi salam, uh, uh, the, in the likeness of Isa alayhi salatu wa salam, the side of Allah, Adam. Like Adam alayhi salatu wa salam, created him from dust, this is where people fail to understand when there is no Iman. How could anything would come into existence with Kun? Because they don't believe in that Kun, so they have to find some other process. See where the problem comes? When there is no Iman. And you tell them, create it from Kun, and right away they will object. How could it be? Impossible. It can't happen. It can't happen. What does that mean? Well, Ayaz according to their understanding, even Allah cannot do it because we can't do it. Looking at our limitations and applying it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam informs us in a hadith which is in Sahih al-Bukhari. Inna Allah khalaqa Adam ala surati. Something that really confuses a lot of people. It's mentioned in Bible also by the way. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salatu wa salam on his look. Now, this is why I'm intentionally translating it with these words on his look. Now, this is how they took it. 
In Bible, of course, because it's translations with explanations, with so many additions to uh, the translations. Wallahu alam how the original translator took it, but anyway, from translation to another translation, and this could be the one that we have in our hands, maybe the 50th translation from translation based on translations. And this is the beauty of Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserved it in its original form. So, ala suratihi, according to the Bible, when they translated it, they say Allah created Adam on God's image. This is a lot of our people, when they read that and they look at this hadith also, they say, yeah, okay. Even the hadith says the same thing. In reality, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam alayhi salatu wasalam ala surati on his original form. Which means he didn't have to go through any other forms. Neither he had to go through the forms that we had to go through in the wombs of our mothers and after being born and then we, are, we grow up initially no teeth, no beard and later on, no beard either, but, and then at the end, there is no teeth. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, خَلَقَ آدَمَ عَلَى صُورَتِهِ Adam السلام, was created on his original shape and form the way he was later on. He didn't have to go through forms. And then, it will also explain the evolution. عَلَى صُورَتِهِ didn't change form. He was created. And then, if you look at the same hadith, this hadith is in Sahih al-Bukhari. Allah is explaining it. Rasulullah is explaining it. Allah created Adam on his own image. He was 60 feet tall. 60 feet tall. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after creating him, he said to him, now go and say salam to those angels that are sitting there. Very important lesson. Teaching children. Because Adam السلام, is still infant with that shape. But he's still in his infancy. He's still learning things. Go and say salam. This is what we need to teach our children. Rather than our children coming, coming and complaining, that uncle Jim says salam to me and you say, oh, oh, that uncle Jim says salam. We will stop saying salam to him too. No, teach him. Go and say, you, why didn't you go and say salam to him? You go and say salam to all uncles. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created him, he said, go and say salam to those angels. And listen carefully to the response you get from them. Because that will be the greet for your, your greeting and greeting of your children. Adam alayhi salatu wasalam went there and he said to them, As-salamu alaykum. Faqalu as-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullah. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is how we created Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. Then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasalam said, فَكُلُّ مَنْ يَدْخُلُ الْجَنَّةِ عَلَى صُورَةِ آدَمْ Every person, see, still the hadith is talking about surah and surah. Every person that will enter the jannah, he will have the form of Sayyidina Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. This is how Allah created him in his original form. So, of course, لِمَا خَلَقْتُ بِيَدِي I created him with my hand like this. So, therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will choose that form for all of us because that's the original form of human beings on which Allah created Adam alayhi salatu wasalam. 
Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked the malaika to do sujood for Adam alayhi salatu wasalam again to show the uh, position of uh, human beings in the sight of Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala that is asking the malaika to do sajda for human beings. Of course we know Iblis refused to do the sajda. And we know this through many ayat of the Quran al kareem Why did he refuse? Because of jealousy and arrogance. These are the two things that we find. Two main reasons why Iblis refused. He kept on presenting his reasons. Why would I do sajda to the someone to someone that you created out of mud? No, I'm not going to do sajda to him. He's inferior to me. He's less than me. I'm not going to. I'm better than him. I'm better than him. So I'm not going to do sajda to him. See the arrogance here and see the jealousy that now he has hasad against Sayyidina Adam alayhi salatu wasalam telling us what these diseases would do to a person. Hasad and jealousy. Subhanallah. You know, he knows I'm wrong. Do you think he knows that he's right? What do we, what do we think really? When we look at the story of Adam of Iblis here, and when he's talking to Allah, is he in any way trying to say I'm right? No. What is ghiwayah? Mislead. Ya Allah, you know what I'm going to do from now on? I know I'm misled. I'm going to mislead everyone else too. He's choosing that profession for himself. Not because he thinks he's right. Because he thinks this is what he wants to be. Why? Out of arrogance. Out of jealousy. But I'm not going to accept to do Sayyidina for Adam. No, not for Adam. That's not possible. I don't like him. And then, that arrogance is such that he's even talking back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no way I'm doing this. Allah says, Abba was takbar. He refused. And he showed arrogance. And he was of the disbelievers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala asked him, Ya Iblis, ma mana'aka alla takuna min as-sajideen. And there are different ayahs in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows us, he asked Iblis. Then Allah knew, it tells us, very important lesson, that don't just assume, even if you think you know, you need to ask the person. Ma mana'aka alla tasrit, how come you didn't do the sayyidah? Of course Allah knew it. Allah knew it better than Iblis knew himself. But, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to give him the chance to see his side of also. That tell me what is your reason? Then we see that Iblis, as he refused to do the sajda and he is giving his reasons, he does not say my reason is, oh I didn't understand, I didn't hear, oh I'm sorry. Amazingly, in today's time, there are people who ask, you know, Iblis wasn't of the Malaika. So, he wasn't asked to do the sajda. Iblis knew I was asked to do the sajda. He is not saying, Ya Allah, you didn't ask me to do the sajda. Subhanallah, these people are reasoning on behalf of Iblis worse than the reasons he brought for himself. He didn't even mention that reason. He didn't want to be such a big liar. But now people are mentioning that, you know, bringing that as a reason. Oh, he wasn't of the Malaika. He knew since I'm with the Malaika all of this time, every time when Allah says something to the Malaika, I'm part of it. So when I was getting all the benefit, 
I never said I'm not one of the malaika why I'm getting all of this. But at the time when I'm ordered to do something that I don't feel like doing, then I start saying I'm not of the malaika. He even thought that that's not right. And then rather than apologizing, saying sorry, or at least, Ya Allah, please excuse me from doing this. No, I'm not going to do it. I swear by your owner, I will mislead all people now. This will be my job. This is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life. There are people who choose that type of life. May Allah protect us. That they choose intentionally. They know they're wrong. Yet they choose that type of lifestyle. Where they know they are going to be just misleading people for the rest of their lives. That's their profession. And nowadays, there are a lot of those professions. It's not one or two. You can think about it. You see so many of those professions today where that profession is all about misleading people. Misinforming people. Giving people, showing people wrong directions in their lives. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala advises us in Quran, telling us that remember, he will be attacking you, especially if you are trying to follow the right path. I will be sitting for you then on the straight path. He's not sitting at the doors of the clubs. He's not sitting at the doors of the bars. I will sit on that Sirat al-Mustaqeem. ثُمَّ لَآتِيَنَّهُمْ مِنْ بَيْنِ عَيْدِيهِمْ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ وَعَنْ إِيمَانِهِمْ وَعَنْ شَمَائِلِهِمْ I will attack them from front, back, right and left. And therefore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, now pay attention, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning us, He says, يَا بَنِي آدَمْ لَا يَفْتِنَنَّكُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ كَمَا أَخْرَجَ أَبَوَيْكُمْ مِنَ الْجَنَّةِ mislead you, put you in difficulty, make you go through trouble. Look at the words. The way he expelled your parents from Jannah. You know someone who made your parents lose their home, their business, everything. What would be your feeling towards that person? Anytime you see that person, how would you feel? This is the person who made us lose all our business. We were doing so well and he made us lose our home and our business and our citizenship, whatever. The way he expelled your parents from Jannah. Make sure he doesn't do the same thing to you. If they were in Jannah, they took them, he took them out. How hard is going to try to make sure that you don't make it there. You are not in yet. They were in, he brought them out. Now you're there, you are not in. You have to work even harder to make sure that you don't give in to the shaitan. And what did he do? Having the dress, the dress removed from them. This is what shaitan. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. Then this is the ayah where Allah is warning us about the attack of shaitan. And he's calling us, Ya Bani Adam. O children of Adam, let not shaitan put you through the fitna, the way he took your parents out of Jannah. Pulling their dress away from them. And today we see how our dress is being pulled away from us. There are nations who lost 
their own dress code. They don't know what dress they used to wear. The Muslims. And a lot of, unfortunately, our people now are preaching the same thing. That dress means nothing. Allah says, Iblis, this is what he did. He took their dress away from them. When your dress goes away, your akhlaq and gradually your iman, your ibadah, everything goes away. You have to understand this. It's a fact. We know you. You dress like singers, you will behave like singers. You will try to sing like singers. Don't you see some people who, mashallah, they're good people and they like to, they hear, they keep on hearing the adhan from the haram and from the, and then they start calling the same adhan in the bathroom. They think that they, their sound, they sound like the same good muhabbins. When a person dresses like someone, he behaves like that person. It's, it's well known. So if we dress like the dress of the salaha, of the anbiya, of the pious, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, will, have, will, will put that effect on us also. So, is very, very important. Make sure our dress is proper. Because when the dress changes, when the person loses haya, and this is, of course, dress is sign of haya. You know, one of the things we find in the hadith, Rasulullah said, don't expose your sadr even if you are by yourself. Why? Imam Shami rahimahullah. Allama Shami rahimahullah has given a beautiful response to this. He said the reason Allah, because Allah can see you with the dress the way He sees you without a dress. To me, Allah doesn't make no difference. If you're dressed, does it mean that you are covering something from Allah now Allah cannot see? It's not that. But He says when a person is dressed properly, even when he's by himself, Allah sees this person being modest and having haya from Allah and accordingly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes care of this person that this person has haya from me. And a person who does not dress modestly when he's by himself, Allah sees this person being a person who has no haya. And therefore Allah treats him accordingly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from all the attacks of shaitan. And there are many other ayahs in which Allah tells us what method shaitan uses to mislead us. Uh, a lot of ayahs in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us how shaitan will attack us, what methods he would use. This is where we really need to learn and educate our souls and our families of how to protect ourselves from these attacks of shaitan. May Allah protect us and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq that we benefit from these beautiful words of Rabbul Alameen subhanahu wa ta'ala that he has revealed to us through Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqih Sayyidina wa Habibina wa Nabiina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbil